Welcome to the Arcaspeak Podcast. I'm Evan Troxell. Each episode, Neil Pan, Cormac Phelan, and I have a casual conversation about all things architecture, and we invite you to listen in as we talk about everything in the profession, both the good and the bad. Maybe you're considering a career in architecture, you're still in school, or you've been around the blocks of Carbusier's City of Tomorrow more times than you'd like to admit. Join us in the studio as we stand around the water cooler and talk about why we love our chosen profession. It's time for some Arcaspeak. Welcome to episode 70 of the Arcaspeak podcast. I'm Neil Pan. I'm Evan Troxell. And I'm Corey Phelan. And this episode of Arcaspeak is sponsored by Arcat. Visit them at arcat.com. That's A-R-C-A-T dot com. We're also sponsored by, and we'd like to welcome, Hager Companies to our sponsors. And you can find them at HagerCo, that's H-A-G-E-R-C-O dot com. We'll talk more about each of them later in the show. But first, we have a friend of the show to announce. That is right. We have a new returning friend of the show, Jenny Rotes, who donated $5. And Jenny uh, was inspired by Cormac's story, or maybe she just did this on her own and then attributed it to Cormac. But she got a new job, and she's uh, she seems like she's really happy with it. So we're happy for her. We've known Jenny for a long time on Twitter, and uh, she's a great person. So look her up. Uh, we'll put her name in the show notes with a link to her Twitter and uh, thank you, Jenny, for being a returning friend of the show. We really appreciate it. And if you'd like to become a friend of the show and get your name mentioned on the Arcaspeak podcast, you can do that at arcaspeakpodcast.com slash donate. And any donation over $5, get your name read on the show. And we appreciate every dollar that's donated. It really does help us with running the show and doing all the stuff that it takes to make it happen. So thanks again, Jenny. And we would love to see some more new friends of the show. So everybody go to arcspeakpodcast.com slash donate and do that. That would be awesome. All right. So today we have Alice Kim from John Friedman, Alice Kim Architects on the podcast to talk about the Monterey Design Conference, which is coming up in October from the 16th to the 18th, 2015 in Monterey, California. And what we wanted to do, uh, we're going to be going to that show I guess it really isn't a show. It's a conference, and it's a really a design conference. Uh, the focus is completely on design the entire weekend long. And so I think we're going to talk about Alice and her role in the in the conference and then what we're kind of expecting to get out of it and all kinds of things. We'll, we'll see where this goes. So, Alice, thank you very much for joining Arcaspeak. Thanks for having me. So go ahead and tell us kind of a little bit about you uh, so that people kind of get get a, a little bit of an introduction and then what your role is in the Monterey Design Conference this time around. Okay, well, I am a practicing architect in L.A. and I also um, teach at USC. For four years, I was uh, the director of the undergrad programs there. And while there, uh, of course, we always bring in a lot of practitioners um, to teach topic studios and things like that. So it, it was a very, very, it was a, it's been a really fun, fun and interesting time there. Um, so my partner John Friedman and I were also emerging. I, I'm, I'm still not sure what they call it, emerging talent or emerging voices at the Monterey Design Conference back in 2003, and it. You know, my memory of the conference from then even is just that it's it's kind of a special event. It is all about design, as you said, nothing else. I mean, just design in its broadest in the broadest definition for as it relates to architecture and beyond. And it's just in this very very beautiful setting. And uh, while there is a sort of maybe a little bit of emphasis on California design and architecture. It really is sort of an international platform, so it's a it's a it's a really special special event. We have a committee made up of architects, um, designers, um, marketing people, and just you know various various people who are related to the industry. And together, we have come up with a phenomenal list of speakers for the conference. And um, it's really just going to be three days of great dialogue great conversations about design, 
you know, all in this amazing setting. And I think that's what MDC is really about. Definitely. So the conference itself is at the Asilomar Conference Center in Monterey, which is right on the water, basically. And uh, when you say it, it's a really special place, I totally agree with you. It's one of those spots where you kind of feel like you can leave your normal day job behind and you don't have to think about any of the normal day-to-day stuff that you you do every day and you really do get to disconnect there and i think that's one of the key ingredients to making it a successful conference that's really been a successful part of that yes yes i think that's really really true it really is kind of an escape um and at the same time that it's an escape. It's also a total immersion into the thing that you love doing. And so um, I think in that sense, it really is uh, unusual and a great opportunity for people to go and get very inspired and to see new things or start thinking about things that are familiar to them in different ways. And it's really also multi-generational, I think. So I think uh, one of the nicest things about MDC is that you really run into huge numbers of people from all age groups. There will be students there. There will be um, more senior practitioners. You know, it's just a whole range of people and talent and um, dialogue. So it is everything you say, I think, and more. Yeah, so there's kind of two different groups, or maybe three, of, I guess, categories of speakers, it seems like. There's the international, and then there's kind of uh, the U.S., the established, I guess, and then there's the emerging. Is that how? Is that what you would say too? Uh, I guess I would. I would um, categorize them more as um, we call them headliners, mm-hmm. and the headliners are both international as well as national. It's just established, um, phenomenal designers who have um, really interesting and successful practices. Uh, whether they're from the U.S. or whether they're you know or whether they're from abroad. Um, then we have a group of um, four emerging talents from California, two from Southern California area and two from Northern California. And then we have um, other really interesting speakers uh, who fall into sort of a different category, uh, partly education, but also just partly um, contemporary topics, I would say. So, you know, it comes under the moniker that doesn't sound as glamorous of continuing education sessions, but that's not really what it's what it is. So, for instance, this year we're going to have a phenomenal panel on water, given the situation with yeah. the drought in California, and that panel will be led by Arid Lands Institute's founders um, Hadley and Peter Arnold, uh, who you may or may not know just won the Latrobe Prize, right. which is the largest, of course, research grant. Uh, for architects. So that was a big deal. They're from California. They teach at Woodbury. Um, so we're really, really happy to be having them. So that I think the three cat there are three categories, but I, w- I guess that's how I would divide them up. Yeah. So at the last MDC, we had Odile Deck was there, mm-hmm. uh, Kengo Kuma. Is that right? Right. And we had from California, we had Ann Fugeron. I'm trying to think of all the people who were there, but just to kind of give people an idea of, can you give a rundown of who all is going to be there this year? Yes. Yeah, so we will have, um, in no particular order, Frank Barkow and Regina Leibinger of Barkow Leibinger in, they're based in Berlin. Uh, fantastic practice that sort of, um, deals with really material innovation, but they, they, you know, do a lot of amazing, um, projects across many different building types and scales. Frank is actually American. He was educated at Harvard. Um, and um, I think he did his undergrad at the University of Minnesota, uh, but he transplanted to Germany and he's been there ever since in partnership with Regina. Um, another architect who will be coming in from Japan is Junya Ishigami. Probably not as well known to our local communities here but will be <laughs> soon enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, he does really amazing kind of ephemeral, uh, very beautiful work. Um, no other way to describe it. Just very, very special. And then Carme Pinos, who I think everybody probably knows um, from Spain, who's been doing a lot of large-scale work recently. And um, Meryl Elam, who is partners with Max Scoggin out of Atlanta, will be joining us. 
she is a great speaker, great architect, um, uh, very charismatic um, person. So she'll be joining us from the east, from 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 Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember everybody who's coming. Um, <laughs> oh. We have Bernard Chumi coming, of course, who um, hails from both Paris and New York, of course, where he was running the programs at Columbia for a long time. Um, that will be very, very interesting. And we have Clive Wilkinson, who's a local favorite, um, but also obviously international reputation uh, from Los Angeles, uh, who has done a lot of uh, great work, has sort of reinvented the office environment in many different ways. Um Rand Elliott will be joining us from the Midwest, and he does really beautiful work um, at all scales. Also, emphasis on on tectonics and you know great detailing. So, really nice, well-rounded group of of people. Yeah. So let's talk about kind of a day in the life at MDC because it's it's kind of Friday afternoon through the evening, and then it's all day Saturday, and then it's kind of Sunday half a day, and then everybody kind of you know, shoes away from, from the conference center. But Saturday is obviously the kind of the, the big potatoes of the whole thing. Right. So you, you wake up and you, you're basically immersed in this, the whole day you're one right after another of talks and food and maybe a walk to the beach, but you're talking with 600 other architects that are all gathered in the same place at the same time talking about design um, right. I thought it might be interesting just to give people kind of an idea of what to expect over the weekend. But I think one of the goals of us just talking to you is to get people interested in going um, and, and to think, because to me, this is, we just got back from the AIA National Convention, which I say just uh, got back. But, you know, that was a few months ago. It feels like it just happened. But um, and, and we were there and we did we we did a couple of shows from from there as well. And to me, this seems kind of completely opposite of that right there's this isn't there's no i mean for mostly there's no booths there's no <laughs> they're not trying to sell you stuff the whole Wait, time no booths? yeah no i didn't say that and, <laughs> and then there's uh, the, the 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 talks are not fully scripted like they seem to be at the ai convention um there's no voting sessions going on it, it just seems like it really does seem like a retreat instead of like this thing where you go to kind of gather up a bunch of pamphlets and booth swag um, and then maybe do some AIA stuff on the side. This is this is something entirely different. Um, so I, I thought it would be interesting for our listeners just to kind of find out what it's like to actually go there and what, what to expect throughout the day. And, and I've been a couple times, so I can chime in, too. I think that um, maybe we can go through that. Yeah, please do. I mean, I think it's... Um it is very, it, it just feels very informal, um, as you're, I think, alluding to, uh, even though there is a structure, um, you know, everything is, ta- I mean, everything is behind the scenes timed. So, you know, the emerging, the, the four emerging speakers, for instance, only, only have 15 minutes to really say what they want to say and, yeah. and, um, show us what they're up to. But, you know, in the end, I think it's, it's enough because, there's a lot more conversation that can take place between structured talks and in the dining hall where everybody gathers for meals and before the movies that are shown and you're having popcorn or whatever it is you're doing, there's going to be a jam session on Saturday night with anybody who brings an instrument and wants to join in can join in. Um, so, you know, I think it's the informality that kind of leads to great dialogue and discussions um, I don't know. Some of the organizers like to liken it to sort of uh, fireside chat type things where you just kind of hang out and have a glass of wine and talk to people you want to talk to and learn stuff that you want to learn about. Um, so I think that it, that's, that is what sets it apart. It is, yes, it is very, very different from the AIA convention. Yeah. Um, I guess I should say that you can come to MDC and gather 17 continuing education credits if you so choose um so um and there are people who will be coming for that in addition to um overdosing or not overdosing on design but getting a lot of design dialogue under their under their belts so and it it continues into the evening you know so just lots of 
there will be booze. <laughs> yeah. And, and so like you, you kind of start the day off with, with breakfast or maybe, maybe you're going to go to some classes, like you said, and get some CE credits. And then, then the, the talks start and you go into Merrill Hall, which is this kind of barn-like structure with a ton of chairs. I think it seats like 700 plus people and there's a mezzanine floor and people start going through what their presentations are. And typically, and I mean, it is atypical if these things are not, you just get lost in these presentations. They're usually amazing. They're so good. And I think that the the reason people liken this to a retreat is because you come away from it energized. It's not like spending your time at a convention and you're walking and walking and walking the floors and you're trying to cram down a sandwich in between, you know, some right. session that you've got to go to. It's really, it really is laid back. All the meals are served on site. And so you get, you could sit at the same table as the speakers and you can talk to them. Absolutely. And, and you Absolutely. get to go and get totally immersed in their talks. And, and then you can't wait for the next one. And it does go all the way into the evening and people are sitting out in chairs on the decks and you're enjoying the, the beautiful evenings that the area has to offer and that you just keep talking and then pretty soon it's two in the morning. And, and I think that that is one of the things where it's like, it, like I said, you come away energized and that to me is really the difference of MDC and why I look forward to it when it comes around. Yeah. And again, I don't think we can understate the importance or the significance of, you know, the setting that contributes to that feeling of being energized. So it's, it's, of course, it's the inspiration you get from the dialogue and the conversation and the speakers and, and, and just the company in general. But it's also the fact that I guess we didn't even mention that the, 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 um, the um, architecture at Asilomar um, is designed by Julia Morgan and, and, and that it's an oceanfront setting and you can walk down to the ocean and all of that somehow contributes. It's, it's really kind of a uh, synthetic kind of experience. So the physical setting also has a lot to do with with um, the kind of magic of this event. I think. Yeah, and and because of the size of it, it's not small, but it's not. It's definitely not huge. Uh, it to right. me, it feels like if you go once and then you go a second time, uh, you're going to definitely see people that you know, and it, it becomes kind of a homecoming event. Uh, but then it's very approachable for first timers. And so if, if we have listeners who've never been before, who were thinking about going, it's very easy to get into the conference. It's not like, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know a good way to say it, I guess, but it's, it's not an exclusive club feeling yeah. event. It's very open arms, like welcoming, come in and, and just like let down your guard and be at home for the weekend. Right. Right. So I, I think that's something that, that people could could really look forward to. And to me, that I, I drive up because I'm in Southern California, and Neil, he's going to drive down, and hopefully Cormac can fly all the way over from the East Coast. And I know that it's mostly a California-centric event, but uh, if there's any way, I mean, as far as I know, there should be plenty of um, registration slots still open to go to the conference. If, if oh, you can swing it, you should go. Absolutely. Everybody should go. And actually, I, I'll say that I personally, I'm amazed by how many friends and colleagues, people I know have just been emailing me and say, oh, I'm planning to come. I'm planning to come, you know, and so it's it's going to be great. It's going to be. Yeah, I think one of the interesting things is if you go to the MDC website, which we can have a link to in our show notes so that people can learn more about the show. Um it, it lists every single person who's registered, right? So you can see if people that you know are going to show up. And, I, you know, so you can stalk whoever you want to stalk on there as well. But, I but uh, yeah, so, I mean, if you're looking to see if your old boss is going to be there, you should look and see. But, um, <laughs> but, but it's, I think that's kind of, it shows how kind of just open it is. Like, it's really transparent. Here's what's going on. Here's who's going to be there. Who's where the speakers are. They're, you're going to, everyone's there for, for a good time. Um, so I, I, I like that part of it. And I think that the California Council of the AIA is doing a great job uh, finding a really great, attractive speakers to get us all to want to keep going back. But ultimately, and, and this is in a way that it's very similar to the AIA, AIA convention, is that 
people go to be with with friends and to the, do the networking and i think that those relationships that people have established and now with with this global um community that we have with the internet and twitter and all, all the social media it really makes it a great place to put a face to a name or a twitter handle um, or whatever um so that you actually can meet those people in person and talk about the thing that we all got into this field to do which is architecture and design i mean it's it's one of the only conferences that really focuses in on that. Absolutely. Um, I should mention that one of the headliner speakers um, is usually a non-architect. Um, this time, uh, Los Angeles artist Pay White. And uh, that's also a great thing because it sort of does bring the whole interdisciplinarity of design into focus a little bit. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, I think that's another great aspect of, of um, Monterey design. And it doesn't try to overdo it. It just, you know, it's just the one speaker who's who's out there. Um, and I think, um, you know, that's also really interesting because, I mean, I personally am really inspired by people who are doing other things, not architecture. And more and more, I find that coming into the work and influencing it. Yep, Absolutely. Hold that thought while we talk about our first sponsor for this show, and that is RCAT. Would you like someone to draw CAD details for you, create BIM objects for you, write specifications for you? Would you like this someone to do it all for free? I know I would. RCAT has already done this for you. So search the RCAT libraries for these products and more free of charge with no registration required to download content. RCAT has created a website devoted to you, the business professional to find building product information fast and hassle-free. Check out ArcCat today at ARCAT.com. That's ArcCat.com. And thanks again to ArcCat for sponsoring ArcaSpeak. I got a little ArcCat story. What'd you get? Uh, so working on this uh, math and science project and I was uh, going out searching for skylights. So of course I went to ArcCat.com, took my own advice and did a search there. And, uh, which is something I brought up on a previous episode is like skip Google and go straight to RCAT and see what you can find. One of the, one of the things I like using RCAT for is because I'm a bad architect. I don't know the whole CSI division format for every little thing. Yeah. I like RCAT for that because, oh, yeah. because they tell me <laughs> exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly yeah. what division skylights go into. Uh, so very cool, uh, and uh, they led me right to a local manufacturer for skylights, which is awesome uh, for all kinds of reasons, uh, lead points, all kinds of stuff like that. Yep. So, uh, yeah, it was cool. I mean, it's it's fast, it's easy. I, I get straight to the Revit family that I needed to place into my model, and I got the CSI division number for the product. And uh, that way I could file the cut sheet away appropriately so that uh, when it comes time to write the specs, we've got it. I mean, it's it's just it doesn't get any easier than that. So that's my little RCAT story for this week. And uh, so everybody get out there next time you're looking for something on your project and uh, just search for it at RCAT.com and you'll find everything and more that you need there. And uh, it's all in one place. Specs, BIM objects, all kinds of cool stuff. So check it out. So quick question, though. Yeah. Since now you're a good architect because you know what division it is, what division is it? <laughs> Putting them on it's, the spot. It's uh, 08 openings. 62, yep, there you go. 6200, I believe. Nice. All right. Yeah, yeah, I can actually remember that one. Uh, ask me next week, and maybe maybe I'll be on to another category. <laughs> <laughs> I did want to say that Stephen Ehrlich also, we're going to honor him a little bit at the, at the conference. Uh, he won the AIA national firm of the year award and so he's actually bringing his entire office Great. to mdc this year and we're going to have a little celebration for him as well so great. yeah so i think that's great yeah no it'll be it'll be really fun and it's <laughs> funny because you know i'm actually i have to confess i'm i'm online right now as we speak and i'm looking at this list of people and thinking oh i want to talk to this person and that person and there's and some I other really stuff on the grounds to too. like to i said there's the uh, all, they have a, a whole so, dining facility um, and they've yes, got a bunch of really great california wines and um it really is kind of just a, a really social uh focused conference uh, there's lots of little nodes for gathering and hanging out and 
um, playing games and whatever anybody wants to do. If you want to go off the grounds and go have dinner with all your friends, you go off and do that. I mean, we do that every, every year. Um, but if you want to stay on the grounds, there's definitely something to do. And there's, there's a great bookstore. Um, there's usually projects on display in kind of an outdoor plaza area. And then it's, it's seriously just a few hundred yards away from the water and it's the most gorgeous setting. So the, yes. the grounds is, you know, we can't speak highly enough of the grounds, but it's uh it's wonderful. Yes. And there will be kids there as well. People bring their kids. Yeah. They bring their families and kids yes. and everybody's running around and, and because the grounds, it's an entire conference center with all of the, the rooms and stuff. Um, I mean, you can you can tag people onto your your conference admission and and they can hang out there for the weekend and they don't have to have anything to do with the architecture if they don't want to but but <laughs> but they also can so absolutely yeah. absolutely all right so are all three of you going to be there well at least two of us are Cormac okay. is Cormac is trying to find we're, a we're, go ahead we're Cormac. trying you need an excuse to come to the coast Let's he doesn't oh, need I, an excuse <laughs> i don't i don't need an excuse so uh, i i mean what's interesting is um this is probably exactly what i need uh <laughs> you know is that kind of uh reinvigoration of inspiration yeah um you know it's uh i just recently changed jobs to a job that is a really really good design firm um in uh baltimore mm-hmm. and um it was just, it was something that, you know, after a few years of where I was at, that seemed somewhat convenient because it was close to the, my house and didn't want to get into the whole DC traffic thing and excuse after excuse after excuse. <laughs> I just, I, you know, I joined this firm and in, in the first week I kind of felt almost starstruck because I'm sitting there listening to people and I'm just like, okay, this is how a design firm is supposed to act. This is how a design firm is, mm. you know, they function because, you know, they're all sitting around talking in, in full, true con- collaboration and really kind of um, everybody's feeding off of everybody else. And right. then, you know, starting to get the links and kind of, you know, doing a little bit of uh, reading and research on, you know, um, Monterey Design Conference. I was just like, wow, this is, you know gotta go you know if sure gonna try to but um you know it's just uh you know it's it you know but in the video and and you know reading like uh um robert ivy's write-up and stuff like that Mm -hmm. you know it's just this whole kind of um you know it's kind of almost reintroducing people to why they got into the profession because you know we all know there's there's times when it kind of sucks but it's also there's many times uh, when it kind of sucks. Yes, you know, and, and, you know and it, but then there's those times where you know you're just like, no matter what, you know, this is the reason, you know, this one little, e- even if it's just, you know, for me, last summer I was walking through a building, and it was a historic renovation um, addition um, of an elementary school, and one of the teachers started crying because she was just like, it's amazing. Oh. I was like. Okay, that's why I do what I do. <laughs> you know, is it, it, it she didn't have to put anything into words. She just started crying because she was happy. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a reward. Yeah, you know. What is inspiring about architecture, you know, and you have to go back and you have to really think about that because the day-to-day profession, I mean, it really is one of the hardest things to do. Yeah. Um, yeah just um on a daily basis and you know you have to find reasons to continue to do it a lot of <laughs> oh, the time, yeah. you know which is really sad so, but um but it did make me think about things in a certain way and you know your story about the person who was crying because you know she was just so moved by the space or inspired by it i mean that is what we do it for in the end that's what i still do it for is just those yeah. moments um, but it is hard. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, I remember. We should do another know. another conversation about that. <laughs> you know? Well, you know, I mean, in a way, we've the past couple of um, past past couple of episodes. You know, they these two guys have been kind of trying to strangle out of me. You know, why I'm leaving the place that I am, even though we've had long, frank conversations about it, but they were trying to get me on record. Um, But, you know, I mean, it all kind of comes down to 
you know, I've, I've, I've been involved with a lot of mentoring of, you know, the, all the young kids when they graduate in this, in this firm and kind of trying to, even though, you know, we're throwing them into the toilet room details and everything <laughs> else and stuff, you know, you're, you know, you're trying to find whatever inspiration that you can about the profession and, and how to immerse them in the profession so that they'll learn to love it the way I do and will stay and become the next generation of, you know, really good design professionals and architects. And, you know, and I kind of did that for everybody else, but I forgot to do it for myself. And, um, and so the past few episodes, they've been kind of, you know, we've, we've been talking about this transition of, you know, what is the right firm and when is it, you know, the right time to, to leave. And, you know, we were talking yeah. about like my first day, you know, the new job and everything else. And it was, you know, and, and ultimately at the end of the day, it's just kind of, you know, what, what is inspiring to you? What it, what kind of keeps you going, what kind of keeps yeah. you breathing in the thing. Yeah. But, um, but I remember some of these uh, um, interns that used to say, I didn't realize how hard architecture really was and how, you know, how much management or how much this or how much that. And, you know, it, it, it goes back to a, you know, and I'll, I'll say this to the educator and you, um, that there is that sometimes, well, I might as well just go ahead and say it. You know, I, I, I always pull out my soapbox and, and talk about the disconnect between some of the realities of the profession and school and how, you know, we we're we're focused, you know, we kind of zero focus in on teaching about design and, you know, the, the, everything kind of surrounded about design and stuff. But, you know, a lot of times we forget about, you know, explaining about, Oh, and you're going to be writing specifications and you're going to be doing this and you're going to be doing that. And, <laughs> and, and a lot of times that comes to a, sh- a huge shock to people. Yeah. And, uh, you know, yeah. it's kind of interesting that, you know, and, but they don't realize that in a way that's all designed too. It is. I mean, it really is. I mean, <laughs> you know, I actually like the kind of, multitasking aspect of architecture, even though it's like torture sometimes, um, you know, there's something about really having to bring it all together. I mean, that whole synthesis aspect of it, which is also super rewarding. I mean, sometimes you wish it didn't have to be that way that you could just Mm -hmm. concentrate on design and, you know, but, but, you know, I mean, I think, you know, Hey man, I think we're a pretty special breed of people, but I was talking to my students just the other day, you know, we just started school and I'm teaching the fifth years and they're going to graduate. And I was like, gosh, you know, you guys have no idea what you're in for, but, but, you know, don't lose, you know, that curiosity and everything. Cause you know, the other thing is it's such a different generation now. I mean, I don't know how old you guys are, but you know, I'm getting up there and I just feel like, Near the oldest. It is really, it is so different. Like the the expectations of graduates, and it's like they're they're much more sophisticated. Um, in 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 a way, you know, we were all naive and you know wide eyed, and we didn't expect that much in terms of compensation of any kind. You know, it was really just about oh my gosh, you know, I'm going to try to get out there and, you know, do it, do, you know, and work my butt off and, 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 and yeah. try to do this thing that I love. And, but this, gen, you know, this generation, whether it's just because of the amount of information that's out there for them to consume, they come out of school ex- with these expectations that are rooted in being part of the workforce and everything. And I don't know, it's a little bit well, disturbing. To me. Let me, let me ask you this, cause this is just, you know, one that I've, I've experienced in, and sorry to co-op this guys, but, um, so, you know, cause I've had, I mean, in the position that I had was, you know, almost every single graduate w- worked under me and you know, I was their project manager and they, um, they came in and, you know, I, I used to try to get them out into the field and, and really try to immerse them in yeah. the experience of what the line on the paper meant in reality. Right. And, you know, because, um, you know, I, I came from, I graduated high school, I went into the army and then I went to, um, into architecture school. And, and so I, I come from a background of experience 
is your reward and that, you know, the, that you basically, you, um, you know, you, you go out there, you bust your ass, you show us what you can do and then you move up kind of thing. You know, it's, right. it's you, you earn it. And there is an interesting, and, and I, I want to, I'm curious about your perspective because there's this almost feeling that, you know, I've, I've got my degree, you know, isn't that enough kind of thing. And it's not that they're not willing to put in the effort, but I think in a way, sometimes I get the impression that they're, you know, they're, they're always expecting change and wanting more and wanting more and wanting more that they're not stopping to at least kind of appreciate the, the education of the experience. Right. And, looking for the next one and they're looking for the next one and kind of bypassing some very integral things, which, you know, this whole 13, is it 13, uh, schools going to try the, um, yeah, I think it was uh, 11, um, the licensure and, uh, Upon graduation. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I worry about that <laughs> because yeah. there's that, you know, to me, you know, um, getting licensed is a huge responsibility and getting and having the experience to go behind the licensure is, is huge to me. Um, you know, I never got promoted to sergeant. Why you haven't until... gotten your license. You're still trying to work on your experience, Carmen. <sighs> <laughs> um, but I disagree yeah. with you. I disagree with you on that because for some of us who graduated a long time ago, I'm I'm close to you, Alice. Not not quite. You got me by a couple of years, I think. But um, I mean, I got my license less than three years after I graduated. Did I have a wealth of experience yet? Yeah. No. But you still I mean, don't, and I still don't. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> what the hell I'm doing. I've been doing this for almost thirty years. But <clears throat> anyway, I, I just don't think you have to have this wealth of experience to. Um, get a license and to call yourself an architect. I mean, in Europe, everybody who graduates architecture school is an, ar- is, a, is an architect. It's done. There is no licensure sort of uh, process that they go through over there. The, I, I could be overstating that but um, or misstating that, but uh, I, I think uh, integrating it into school is, is maybe not a bad thing. Um, because just, as we've well, seen, as the as the exam has changed, when I took it, it was once a year, and it was almost like a little class reunion. Everybody got to go, and you got to see is sort of like MDC, except you, we were all st- you know taking the exam. Uh, people that you hadn't seen from, it was not you know, as school. Fun. It was not as fun. No, definitely <laughs> not. But my point is, is that you only had one opportunity to take this exam, and so you did it. You made sure that in that second week in June every year, you took your exams. And now with everything going to, hey, take it whenever you want, life gets in the way. And I think that's caused a huge problem for people in the profession that, profession that want to get licensed because they have to make a huge commitment to, to make sure it happens. And for, for those of us that only had it once a year, okay, well, I either take it this year or I wait another year. Um, so you made an effort to do that. Now it's like, oh, I can take it anytime I want, and then you just never do. And I know a lot of people that this has happened to. The only thing that forces them to take any one exam is, oh, my, uh, uh, you know, whatever it's called, my uh, rotating clock or whatever on being grandfathered in is going up, so I better take one exam. And then, I'll, oh, yeah, I got to get back to it. And then nobody ever does. And I don't think that's healthy for the for the profession. Yeah, I see both sides of that. All right, it's time for our next sponsor, and that is a brand new sponsor to the Arcaspeak podcast, and we welcome Hager Companies. Since 1849, Hager Companies has been focused on innovative products resulting in the only U.S.-based provider offering a full line of door hardware. Along with our quality products and outstanding customer service, Hager provides complementary architectural hardware consulting services and numerous AIA and CES registered continuing education courses, which I need to check out for sure before the end of the year. Deadline is looming. We will be exhibiting at the Construct Show in our hometown of St. Louis on October 1st and 2nd, booth number 307, and also at the Texas Society of Architects Show in Dallas, 
which is November 5th and 6th at booth 735. Stop by, say hello, and mention this podcast and episode number, and this is pretty cool, to enter to win a GoPro Hero. So the only way to enter and win a GoPro Hero is mention this podcast, the Arca Speak podcast, and this episode number, episode 70, to enter to win a GoPro Hero. So that is an awesome thing to get in on. So if you're going to the Construct Show in St. Louis, or if you're going to the Texas Society of Architects show in Dallas, check out the show notes for specific details. You can see the links to those shows. Stop by, mention us, and enter to win a GoPro from Hager Companies. So thanks to Hager Companies for sponsoring the Arc Speak podcast. I don't know what the right answer is. I will say... I do think that in, in school, I don't think bringing in um, licensure um, as kind of an active part of the curriculum is really a good idea simply because, you know, there are just, there's just too much that the students have to get, get through. That's I mean, my point too. There's you know, no time. There's no time. Right. And then you're just detracting from design. And in the end, you can argue that, oh, well, they can learn how to design on the job. And sure, yeah, that's, they really that's true to a certain. Yeah, I mean, it's true to a certain extent for certain types of things. No, the job is where you go to forget how to do that. Thinking, <laughs> it's not yeah. happen. Yeah, so for, no, in most firms, that is where you go to forget all that stuff you learned in school. Yeah. And to me, exactly. that is that well, is why the MDC is so awesome. Yeah, is because it's it is not a, where you go. It's where it reminds you of why what you fell in love with. Yeah, okay. it's not where you go to forget what you've learned. It's they don't have time to let you do some of the stuff that, you know, you got into the profession for because they're too busy needing you to do the toilet room plans and details and things like that. And, um, or the renderings pref- or the Revit or the or renderings whatever. or, you know, Oh, Hey, you know, the Revit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, it's, there's, you know, too many other things, you know, and unfortunately that's what kind of disillusions a lot of people from, you know, staying and remaining in the profession because they're everything that they got into um doing you know the the whole reason they got into the profession and when it went through the school was because of their love of design which kind of let's go full circle back around to this you know to the mvc where you know what's interesting about these is and you know kind of this importance of this reinvigoration you know that you know kind of like reconnecting with you know the the essence of why we why we do this um you know i I think more architects need things like you know the mdc you know i think there needs to be more than just um you damned west coasters taking over (laughs) (laughs) co-opting design thinking it's all about you no we're just doing something about it no i'm glad you guys are because uh but what you know i i think there are um you know there unfortunately there are things similar in in attempt um out here except for the problem is is what they end up doing is they end up making it more of a mini AIA conference and not something that's more solely 100% about design and you know um that's one of the reasons why I want to go. This is basically architecture so, plus vacation, right? Which is yeah. kind, of, kind of cool. You, no, it's an it's an archi, it's an archi vacation. Yeah. yeah. Architect, yeah. Architecture or whatever. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> But I mean, you know, it's, it, it, yeah, I mean, the whole point, you know, um, behind the cover, you know, and, and what I found amazing about, you know, just all of the things that you could read online about it and, and the, you know, and yeah, I know that the video was promotional, but I mean, it's still, you can see the look on their faces and the, you know, tone in their voice that they really are excited about, you know, the experience that they walk away with, you know, that it's, that it is something, you know, and and that's, it's, it's almost like it's a Rocky movie for uh, architecture, you know, and, um, and that's kind of what we need, you know, Um, because we sometimes, and, you know, we just kind of, uh, it, displayed it a little bit that we get a little cynical sometimes in the profession and um you know ways to kind of like help kind of squeeze a little bit of that cynicism out is to you know kind of always reconnect with the emotional aspects of what we do 
Mm-hmm. One of the cool things that's happening this year, it sounds like, is that um, there are firms who have bought several, um, like, I guess, blocks of of passes for their employees. So it sounds like the offices are going to use it kind of as a retreat. Um, well, which, yeah, I mean, starting with the biggest one, which is early, like 40 people. Yeah. 40, 40 um, registrations. That's awesome. Um, yeah. But looking through the, that list again, as we were talking, I did notice you know, lots of people from the same firm. So I think you're right. Um, Cause my guess is that offices are paying for them, um, which is great. And that's also just a sign that the economy is picking up, right? I that mean, is. Yeah. Yeah. I know one of the things that the firm that I work at did was they bought, I think six different passes for people full blown, fully covered. And then they, they held a little design competition and, and then they got people together and, they judge the competition and the winners get to go to the MDC and it was cool because that's great. Yeah. And the winners are people who've never been. And so it was really a, a successful, I think, hopefully it turns out to, I, I can't imagine it won't. It's going to be a great eye opening and also, you know, really inclusive uh, thing for all these people who, who've never would have done it on their own and then they get to go and, and it's going to be, I think it's going to be a really great experience for them. And, and I'm really just proud of my firm for doing that because that was, a you know, going out on a limb and because not that many people from the firm were, were going to go before that. And now there's six more people and it's, it's going to be fun. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. So I hope to see all three of you there. It'll be nice to meet you. Definitely. Well, we're going to make that happen. All right, Cormac. <laughs> <laughs> it's not cheap to get a flight out and flight back. Unfortunately, it is. So, yeah, it's true. He's got to be Boy. back at work on Monday, so that's that's the hard part. All right, so what what we're thinking we're going to do in the future is go to the MDC, obviously, and then maybe we'll do a recap and have you back on the show and talk about how it went and, and kind of, like I said, when we go away from this totally energized, um, it's something that I know myself and my coworkers don't stop talking about for quite a while. So it would be fun to get back together after the show and and chat a little bit oh absolutely i will look forward to that great all right so if we don't have anything else i think uh we'll say goodbye to you for now until next time and uh i think that 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 was a a great summary so thanks alice we really appreciate it after i actually get to go to this one i will have a lot a lot to say so okay all right i'll see you guys later thanks good night great talking to you if you have questions or comments, visit our website at arcaspeakpodcast.com, where you'll find links to our individual Twitter accounts and the Arcaspeak Podcast Facebook page, so you too can join in on the conversation. And if you have an inspiring tale to share, or you're going to the MDC conference yourself, call Arcaspeak and let us know. Leave us a message at 415-484-8496, and we'll be sure to share it on the show. And we'd like to thank our sponsors, ArcCat. Visit them at ArcCat.com. That's A-R-C-A-T.com. And welcome to our new sponsor, and that is Hager Companies. And you can find them at HagerCo.com. Again, thank you to both of them for sponsoring ArcaSpeak. And if you haven't done so already, please leave us a review on iTunes. We really appreciate those, and it helps get the word out about the show. So thanks, everyone, and stay subscribed, and thanks for listening. Good night. Good night.